And welcome to The Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of The Scoop, Margie Echelkamp, joined today by Matt Waymeyer. He's the vice president at Agrimax, and we are going to talk about perhaps challenging the status quo when it comes to those considerations around wheat, cover crops, and some other topics. So Matt, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Absolutely. So if you would share with our listeners just a little bit about your background. Sure, sure. A little bit about myself. Grew up in central Missouri as a youngster. Uh, My father managed the University of Missouri's foundation seed program in the 80s and the 90s. And then in the mid 90s, we moved to Muscoota, Illinois, southwest Illinois, 30 miles east of St. Louis and started our own seed business. And in addition to uh, farming as well. So grew up around our family farm, grew up in the seed business. in operations, right? Sweeping the floors, cleaning the seed, unloading trucks, bagging the seed um, at, when I was young. I, didn't, I also went to the University of Missouri, go Tigers, MIZ, and um, majored in ag business management, returned to the family business, and now I'm vice president and, and uh, been in that role for, for 11 years now. Oh, that's and, terrific. Yeah, Yeah, real quick, what would you share perhaps is the biggest difference on what your family's seed business looks like today compared to that 11 years ago when you returned to the business? Digital ag is huge. Access to information is huge. Um, We yield expectations at the farm level are huge. I mean, it's, it's evolved in so many different ways, which is good. And it's nice to see where we're at. It's, it's interesting to think where we've been, or even when I grew up to where we're at today, what is it going to be like when our kids are, are farming or in the seed business and agriculture? I mean, it, it's, it's wild to try to reach out there into the future and think what is to come yet. Um, but no, everything, everything's transformed. Um, being in the seed business, specifically in the genetic side of things, um, even, even the, within our own seed plant, we're, we're shorting we're, we're sorting seed by color we're picking out you know pinks of color of pink black different off colors and kicking them out and the purity's gone way up and the and, and that's what farmers are expecting so uh, it, it the technology has probably been the biggest driver in the last 11 years yeah maybe perhaps matt what's one new thing that you're really encouraging farmers to try here in the 22 growing season for wheat, I always try try to find something new that you haven't done and implement it on your farm and see if there's a success. Each operation is going to be different, right? And so specifically to wheat, we've been doing a, we did a three-day road show of our wheat workshops across central Missouri, eastern Missouri, southern Illinois this week. And, and each operation is different. So let's let's look at nitrogen, for example. Have you been using sulfur? If you've not been using sulfur, that'd be a great addition to your nitrogen program with some of the synergies that that occur there. Um, if you haven't been using fungicide, hey, let's take a look at utilizing fungicide. There's a lot of products that you could be uh, looking at, particularly when early bloom, when it's flowering, the return on investment is significant. Um, how are you putting on your nitrogen? Have you done tiller counts? Are you assessing your your tiller canopy out in the field to help stage your nitrogen properly. Those are just some of the things we're trying uh, to encourage growers to do because that's really going to move the needle. And and you got to control the controllables. Don't let anything come in and take yield off the table. 
Yeah. I mean, since you've just been on that roadshow and you've been working with farmers and having these conversations, these really timely conversations with input costs and budgets for the 22 crop year, and maybe even some supply chain concerns, what, what have you been hearing from farmers here kind of in the, the late winter? That's a loaded question on a lot of fronts. And I think this year presents its own challenges in a lot of respects um, with the supply chain issues. And I think the supply chain issues may, may have a long tail, but what I'm hearing guys say, and we've ran budgets, um, not only for our own farm, but with our customers. And when we do these road shows, we, we put up some just basic budgets. The good news, the good takeaway is year over year, although costs are higher, and looking at the big expense items when it relates to wheat is fertility and, and some crop inputs. So your fall fertilizer, that's already set, but it was higher year over year. The spring nitrogen is a big question right now. How much due to the cost of whether you're using UAN 28, 32, uh, AMS, urea, ammonium nitrate, any of these products are really high. Um, fungicides have gone up, insecticides have gone up, herbicides have gone up, they all have. But the good takeaway is the price of wheat has also gone up. So in our preliminary budgets of increased costs, we're looking at well over a, an extra $100 an acre in input costs in some of those things. In some cases, it might be $125 an acre year over year gain. The good news is wheat's gone up a dollar. So if you're at 85 bushel to the acre, you're you're going to get 85 to $110 back. It's not a pure loss. So cutting expenses only works when yield doesn't go backwards, right? Yeah, we want to shave off some expenses, but if it comes at the sacrifice of yield, we didn't better ourselves. So a lot of growers are sticking with their game plan because they know, yeah, I have higher expenses, but my revenues are going to offset that. And, and we're net equal year over year, which is a great positive sign. In some other areas, we're looking at, can we be better utilizers of nitrogen, cutting our nitrogen rates back some, that law of diminishing returns. Uh, soil mineralization for nitrogen has, has improved, we think, we believe this year um, due to the warm December. So perhaps that'll help um, in some key areas of maybe not needing to apply as much spring nitrogen. Yeah. I know you're really helping growers and setting your eyes on that hundred bushel wheat crop. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of those practices that you've tried, what you've learned, where you found success and what's really kind of helping you guys elevate your yields. Sure. I will throw a disclaimer out here, Margie, is that if it doesn't rain, you're not going to have wheat. You're not going to raise much of a crop. So if you're listening in, in, in an area where you don't get rain and your dry land wheat is low yielding, I get it. I understand it. But let's take that aside for this conversation because that's always the pushback. Well, if it doesn't rain, it doesn't matter what I put on it, right? It's not going to yield. We, we all understand that. So assuming normal weather, and that's always a moving target as well. Um, the Hunter Bushel Club, it's awesome. It's an elite group of growers that have averaged over 100 bushels to the acre in their field. And we have a lot of members. Uh, we also have a 125 and 150 bushel club because the genetics in conjunction with management, wheat has a phenomenal top end yield potential, 200, 250 bushels per acre. Nationally in the U.S., we're at 50, right? More or less. And, and some states are as high and Illinois was in the 70s. 
some other states are in the 80s or perhaps 90s. But where do we where are you at today? Where are we going to go? And everyone has a different approach. But what have we learned in this quest? Um, we always want to say it's intensive management. We want to correlate high yield to high expenses. But I would like to encourage growers to, to look at it. I've, I've coined the term intentional management. It's not always about spending more money. It's having a game plan and being intentional about the when, the how, and the why of what we're doing, what we're doing, and controlling the controllables, whether it's variety selection, the stands and uniformity, proper fertility, nitrogen, um, diseases, insects, all these are yield robbing things. So um, that's kind of a, a wrap on our Hunter Bushel Club strategy is, is controlling the controllables and, and dr- doing what you can to drive yields higher. Yeah. So like you said, that intentional management, I mean, that's making a lot of decisions through the growing season, I'm assuming. And I'm just wondering, are there any common areas where perhaps folks are are deviating from that successful trajectory that you would encourage them to stay in line and stay the path and stay the course as they're adopting that intentional management? Every year there's missteps, right? We want to start the year on plan A, then we move to plan B, then we move to plan C in some years. The, the, The trick is making sure that we have the plan and we stick to it, whether it's A, B, or C. Um, and a misstep can happen at any point in time. It could happen the day you enter the field. It could happen after, you know, at bloom when it, when you get head scab. So it can, and wheat's a long crop. It's a nine to 11 month crop in the field. So you can't miss a step. And what are the common missteps? It varies farm to farm aside from weather, because that can impact, it's out of our control. But what is within our control that there's common missteps in pursuing continuous high yield systems, it depends every year. It happens every year. Some years it's barley elidor virus, which is from aphids. And we are encouraging guys to go out and scout. We think that could be a yield robber this year. We've seen 20 bushel losses. Um, when you go from 100 to 80, that's pretty significant. Or 140 to 120, you may not notice as much, but that yield loss may have been there. So making sure we don't have aphid problems. Uh, another misstep could be weeds. We had a very warm November. We had a very warm December. I don't know about you, but in around the the lower Midwest, we're wearing t-shirts on Christmas. That was wonderful. But also weeds are also growing. So when we're walking fields, we're seeing higher weed pressures. Don't let that come in and take yield off the table. In some years, it's stripe rust. If you have a susceptible variety, make sure you're scouting and knocking and not letting that be your yield limiting factor. And the mother load of diseases is fusarium head blight. Um, that can take a grower's profitability and, and uh, have a negative impact in a fast way because it can hurt a person three ways, through yield, through test weight, and vomitoxins. So uh, making sure we have a plan genetically and with crop protection to not let that be your misstep for the year. So Matt, you've shared some wonderful tidbits, some lessons, some great takeaways for farmers. If we could just shift a little to the ag retail audience, a little bit to your peers, and what Mm -hmm. do you think those opportunities are in servicing wheat acres that deserve some attention because of the opportunity that they present? Oh, great question. And and in fact, we distribute Agrimax through a lot of retailers throughout the country, and, and they really enjoy our strategy. And because it's a hundred bushel cl- club strategy of 
being intentional about our management and helping growers achieve higher yields. They are, they're at the point on the farm with that relationship to help influence in the right way. They provide all the crop inputs necessary for 100 bushel wheat. The fertility, the nitrogen, the the fungicides, the crop protection. I mean, they're, they're a key player in this whole system. So as it relates, how does it benefit the retailer? It also benefits the farm. It is a win-win scenario. And in some of the fields we manage, we're across the fields five, six, seven times. Um, and if you're relying on custom applicators, they're the ones doing it. Um, if you're, you have to purchase the product, you're relying on them to source the product for you. However, it's not just the re- to the retailer's benefit, it benefits the farmer. We like to try to strive for every dollar we invest, we want to get a bushel back or at least a half a bushel back for every dollar. So that's the, the range we're looking at. You're talking two shots of uh, fungicide, perhaps. Yeah, let's start in the fall. You have a burn down if you're no-tilling, you have your fall fertilizer, you have two shots of nitrogen, you have to control your weeds in the spring, you have to uh, maybe do two shots of insecticide, two shots of fungicide. And then if you're in a double crop market, you still get to plant soybeans in the summer and manage your soybeans for weeds and diseases and insects as well. Um, so it, it's a it's a great system for everyone involved. So Matt, I know you also have some experience with cover crops. What would you share you've learned in terms of cover crops and their potential and how you see that market and those systems continuing to develop in the near future? Well, Margie, I'd like to say wheat's the original cover crop. It's the cash cover crop. So instead of uh, terminating our cover crop with a herbicide, we just elect to terminate our wheat with a combine and, uh, and, and receive some cash for doing so. Because when you look at the cover crop market and wheat is a portion of that market, let's talk about some of those benefits. We reduce soil erosion with cover crops. We, um, we improve our soil health. We see an Im- improvement of soil organic matter. Um, we're seeing a reduction of disease pressure, dis- reduction of weeds, some of these things. It, it, it's a holistic three-dimensional approach. Wheat provides all of those benefits. And so let's not, I don't, I don't like to detract from the value of wheat uh, the University of Illinois did a 17-year study where the inclusion of wheat increased your corn yields 8 to 12 bushels per acre, depending on your tillage practice. It improved your, your soybean yields 3 to 5.5 bushel per acre. So also another value cover croppers say is, well, it improves the yields of my other cash crops. Wheat also does that. And we do see wheat competing with cover crops or cover crops starting to compete with wheat because you're establishing them at the same point in the time in the fall for the most part. As these carbon programs hit the scene, as the sustainability programs hit the scene and we are seeing cover crop adoption occur at a very accelerated rate nationally, my challenge is making sure wheat is included in that conversation because it does provide all the same benefits. It is a scavenger of nitrogen. It's a scavenger of fertility and phosphorus and some of those things. So um, I don't know if I answered your question exactly, maybe what you were hunting for <laughs> there for the answer, but um, it's 
I do view wheat as a player in that cover crop market. No, that's excellent, Matt. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If folks want to get in touch and learn more about Agrimax or the 100 Bushel Club, where can folks find you or the rest of the team? Sure. Our website is agrimaxwheat.com. We are engaged in social media activity as well on Facebook and Twitter. It's at agrimaxwheat, and there's two X's in uh, the max. And uh, yeah, strike up a conversation with us. We're we're in 26 states for distribution, so love to work with you. If you have any specific questions, feel free to reach out. Excellent. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on The Scoop podcast. Everyone, thanks for listening in. I'm editor of The Scoop, Margie Eckelkamp. And if you're looking to connect with us, please find us at thedailyscoop.com or on Twitter at Farmers Advisor.